What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the showdown. Your Vibes Podcast. Got a good buddy of mine today. We're just going to sit here and drink a couple beers and chat. Just kind of what he's got going on. He's uh, running a successful landscape company and building some houses. And he's about to have a baby. So I uh, got him here just kind of get his feels on things, his vibe. So welcome, Mr. Cole McCray. How you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in, hanging out. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we get to take it easy and drink a couple beers. Yeah, talk. it's a nice yeah. way to end the day. I do like doing these nighttime podcasts. I've done several of them, and it's uh, a little more lax. A lot of people don't, they're not too terribly free in the middle of the day to kind of just hang out and kick it, but uh, these after work podcasts typically end up pretty good. So, uh, where have you been running around today? Oh, you know, the to, this is now peak season for us, so it's... I mean, I'm all over the place these days. I'm either in Nashville or Franklin looking at jobs or I'm, you know, running to see if my guys have sure jacked something up <laughs> on a project or I need to go cool a homeowner down. But it's, okay. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's being a business owner, everything is different every single day. Yeah, so, I feel like being, my line of work. yeah, I feel like being a business <laughs> owner, you're just constantly putting out fires. You know what I mean? You've got employees to deal with. You do have your clients to deal with. And then you've you've got a, a shitload of equipment to deal with as well, yeah. too, that's always breaking down. you got to yeah. get some new stuff. And um, So take us back on that. Um, little Colm Cray running around, wild man. Um, you know, when did you first hop on that mower and, and kind of start from there and, and take us through that journey a little bit? Uh, so I can give you a little backstory on myself and just kind of where we're from. Just a little backstory. So, um, originally from North Florida. Oh, cool. Uh, all my family lives there now, still. Um, so, my dad uh, was in the Marines when I was born. Didn't know what he wanted to do with his life, obviously. So, went through college, uh, became an electrical engineer. We moved to Texas. So, he was in some kind of engineering program. We traveled. Um, so, we were there for three years, kind of right outside of the Houston area. Hmm. We moved to Chattanooga. So, we lived there till I was about 10. And then, you know, brought us to the beautiful land of Dixon County. Mm, Okay. So we've been here ever since. My dad worked with DuPont, which is now Comores. Okay, in Jayville. Yep, in Jayville. I closed down, uh, which is in Comores. Um, You know, I probably think that I got kind of the, I think one of the big questions I get asked a lot is like, why why do you do what you do? Why are you an entrepreneur? Mm. You You know, what drives you to do these things? So... Um, probably when I was in sixth grade, I kind of started racing motocross, you know, competitively. And, um, you know, it was something that I enjoyed a lot. It was, you know, high speed, oh, yeah. dangerous. Especially at that age. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so played a little baseball and I was, I was like, man, this, this team sport thing is just not for me. I, I you know, the individual thing is just, it's way more sure. my style. So, you know, we, we, Dove heavy into that. Um, you know, parents made a huge financial commitment because obviously you know that oh, yeah. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. is very expensive. But <laughs> yeah, uh, travel, money and time on yeah, that one. Yeah, money and time, uh-huh. man. Traveled all over the country. Um, last two years I did it, I think, whereas I was probably yeah, 17 and 18. So right there at the end of high school. Um, and it was. So it, where were you racing? Everywhere. I mean, Stalled? Texas. Oh, wow. Um, Minnesota. I mean, all over the southeast, so you northeast. Just load that bad boy up. Yeah, and... man. We, I mean, a lot of the times we would go, um, you know, we'd go for uh, national events, so we'd go for a mm. whole week in mm. race. Wow. 
So that was kind of at the end of my career, I'd say, you know, the past probably, or the last three to four years of that. But I mean, it was like a, you know, any kind of professional athlete, you know, I, I was kind of in that stage. Like, obviously I was a high school student, but I mean, I remember every single morning I would get up at 6 a.m. And, you know, we don't have to, I don't think back then you have to be at school like 7.30 or something. Like yeah. So I'd either ride a 30-minute moto hmm. in the morning or I would run probably three to five miles oh, wow. every single morning. Where would you ride? Did you have a like, track behind have... my house? Yeah. Okay. So we'd get up. So, my did dad, you have yeah. neighbors? No. no. Just, well, I, I didn't have one neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, first the, thing the, in the sun morning. is barely coming up. I'm out there just ripping. You know? <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that all came to an end, I think, 2011. Broke my back. Mm. So Doing you know, that? Yeah, doing that. Okay. There's actually a YouTube video if you want to no look way. it up. Yeah. Cole yeah. McRae wreck, I think, something like that. Definitely going to have Some dude hits up. me in the air and flips me around backwards. I land on my ass. Yeah. So I broke like one, so two, yeah. three. Or I broke like four vertebrae in my back and then had to get it all fused together. On your lower back, upper back? Lower back. Yeah. Okay. All the way down to the bottom. So you know, that kind of ended the career. We had, yeah, had a motor home, so. about five bikes. Um, and then my mom was like, no, that's it. Pull the plug. So yeah. We sold everything. As mamas do on that one. Sold everything. So, so. do you, how, what, so you broke it and you had a fuse back. Were you in like a full body cast? No, I was in like a, uh, a lower. Well, yeah, like just low. Like, it was like from your, you know, your top of your chest. Okay. Yeah, down to. It, it was very. It was not that intense. Okay. Of a cast. Okay. Compared to when I broke my neck, that thing was okay intense. But, you know, that kind of leads us into you know where I started cutting grass. So I started probably sixteen, sixteen years old, right there when I started driving. A little bit before, my dad bought me a mower. Well, helped me buy a mower, and we I kind of lined up a couple yards, and he'd drive me to them, and I, you know, he'd help me. Obviously, we'd cut grass. He'd help me. He'd let me keep all the money, but all that money that I made, I dumped it back into racing. So, okay. you know, like, I, I remember very vividly, like, I had, I was racing two bikes. I had two race bikes and two practice bikes. Mm. So, my two race bikes, I had to pay for suspension on them, and they mm. were $1,200 each to mm -hmm. get the suspension done. So, you know, that was something that I saved up from cutting grass to pay for that. Um, but I'd say from there, you know, it just kind of grew. As I went through high school, you know, I started kind of my entrepreneurial journey there, uh, trying to learn to prospect and get new clients and things like that. So, you know, it was very interesting. And then we went through, as I went into college, um, I kind of continued. I had two buddies of mine that uh, worked for me. Where did you me. go to college? <clears throat> Austin P. Okay. Yeah, so I went to I went to Columbia State for a year, I think. Yeah, a year because I broke my back. So Jacqueline went with me, hmm. my wife. Um, kind of drove me to school and back. Okay, um, sweet. Yeah, yeah girl. Yeah, yeah. was and that before? That was before y'all were married. She took right? classes with me too. Like, <laughs> she, was, she couldn't. Dang. She couldn't stand being away from me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, after that, went to Austin P. So I had. Um, you know, I had a couple of buddies work for me, and then, uh, funny funny thing, me and my dad bought a vending machine business when I was about... Okay. I was, ju I was junior. I was probably about 20. That's a pretty decent, but it literally prints money. Yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> thought so. So, I had my landscape business, and at that point in time, all we were doing was really cutting grass. Um, and then, you know, had the, the vending machine business, and, I mean, that was, r <laughs> that was probably a rough year for me. <laughs> I would say I probably worked the most I've ever worked mm. time-wise. I remember I'd get up at about 3 to 4 in the morning, and I'd go stock all the vending machines. Mm. So I'd 
probably take me two to three hours to stock all the vending machines. And then I would either go to school if I was, if I had classes or I'd go cut grass, one or the other. And the days that I went to school, I usually went to school to about one or two and then came home and cut grass till dark. Mm. So, you know, I was running on a very Hell short yeah, amount of time, but I was doing it yeah, six, seven full days a week. Yeah. Fucking speed, yeah. man. So we realized that the, the vending machine business was, I mean, not all it was cracked up to sure. be. So we How sold many machines it. did y'all end up having? Man, we had all the machines in Crestview. We had all the machines in uh, the middle school here in Dixon, like the, the mm-hmm. sixth grade building and the eighth, seventh and eighth grade building. Did you building. sell it to Rampal? Rampal. Okay. Yeah, Rampal bought it from me. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, we we didn't make any money. Sure. I think we sold it to Rampal exactly what, for what we bought it for. You know, made. She learned of, something though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, learning a little bit. So. Yeah. Um, but from there, you know, I I'd say I got kind of out of college, got my degree in you know business management. I don't know if I could go back to my younger self. I would probably say, do not go to college. It's yeah. a waste of your money. Yeah. I would rather have gone to a very successful entrepreneur. And had my parents pay him what mm. they were paying for college, which mm-hmm. I don't think they paid for college because I had the Hope Scholarship. But okay. at the yeah. same time, like, hey, pay this guy or I'll work for free yep. just to learn. I think I'd be light years ahead now in the, in the aspect of Especially business. you haven't already started it before. You knew you knew kind of yeah. what you wanted to do. There's yeah. so many people that uh, they go to college just to go to college. You know what I mean? And, and me, I changed my major four times. Uh and I think I read a stat that was like 75% of people who graduate college don't do anything in their major. You know what I mean? And they're mountains in debt. Yeah. But, you know, you had your start cutting grass, and uh, I think that would be a fantastic idea. That's some conversation that kids need to have with their, with their I, parents. I think that, and, I, and I've thought this for the past couple of years, well, longer than that, but I think that, and this might be something that I do in the future, um, you know, hold an after-school class for cool. people who want to do, who think they want to run their own business. Um, I think one thing that we're not taught in high school and middle school is financial literacy. At all. How to handle your money. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know friends now that don't know how to handle their money. Sure. Um, but, you know, that and then just the whole aspect of business, like how do you go about starting a business? Do you need an LLC? Do you, you know, what, what, what are things that you look at? How do you prospect for people? How do you, obviously, how do you get in business? How do you make that business happen? And then how do you collect the money and deal with deal the money with on going forward mm-hmm. and growing that business? So I think there's <clears throat> obviously a huge demand for that. And right now are, you know, people who are in the skilled labor, you know, that, there's a huge shortage of it. I know I see it in, in our business now. You know, we're looking for, a couple people to come work for us right now. Um, you know, hardscape supervisor as well as, you know, kind of, uh, you know, shifting maybe a little landscape foreman okay. in the future, but, um, you know, they're hard to find. Um, yeah. people think that, Hey, we can make some money on Instagram and Facebook and sit in our parents' basement until we're mm. 45. <laughs> I mean, not everybody thinks that way, but, Understood. you know, people are... Well, you got them Biden bucks doling out, too, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think kids are kicked on their ass like they used to in the past and say, hey, you need to go make a living and move out on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a little more, <laughs> I hate to say, it's a little more coddling going on. Oh, than, 100%. Than, yeah. you know, the way I was raised and probably the way you were raised, too. Yeah, so. uh, the tit babies are uh, at an all-time high at the moment, and um, what what uh, you can help me with this. What is it? Um uh, hard times create strong men. Strong men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak 
men create hard times, hard times create strong men. Just that just cycle of cycle. stuff, you know what I mean? Um, and I see that with so now it's not every kid, you know. I've got some, uh, you know, some some family with some younger kids, and uh, you know their parents are teaching them right. You know, they're getting out and working and doing all that stuff, but. You know, there there is a you know, not to knock the people that make money. I mean, we were just talking about social media. I mean, they can do it. Um, and our perspective on that, you know, on this this uh, what do you what do you call them? Millennial age, I guess that's what we are. But whatever's below us, you know, they're Gen X. Gen X. Gen X. Yeah, they're. Um, <clears throat> there's a false sense of reality there. There's there's you know false sense of hope kind of and and there's no oversight as far as how they operate you know they just get sucked in these rabbit holes of this just social media glamorama type deal and um they don't ever expose themselves to the outside world you know they just get stuck and they they uh, they don't know how to handle their emotions anything like that so but i for the way your journey's going man i mean you just like most successful entrepreneurs just um knew that it could end in disaster but stuck your neck out and you're doing it how you want it to be and done too you know what it i mean end a disaster tomorrow exactly every single every day, single day yeah. you're walking on the edge of a cliff yeah. you know i mean who knows what could happen and um but you also get to operate the way you want to which Correct. i think is everybody's dream yeah nobody nobody's dream is to be a shift worker forever yeah you know, nobody's dream is to work at McDonald's forever. That's when they lay their head down. That's not what they want to do. I don't think anybody's dream is to really work for somebody, or if they do, to to have limited flexibility. Correct. You know, in sales, it's a great spot because you do have flexibility <clears throat> so long as you produce, which is you know pretty much holding yourself accountable. Yeah. Um, and you're playing all those roles. So, uh, I would love to know, kind of, for you to tell me a little bit more about how you kind of I did sounds like to me for the most part you kind of learned on the fly but as far as some changes that went on i mean you're cutting grass with your dad and then you're in and out of a vending machine business and you're kind of then you get back into the full blown in the gas and the in the grass but uh you know obviously you're changing what you're having to do correct you know you're 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 going from just cutting grass and weed eating to some probably light landscaping so on and so forth um you know, did you have some, I guess, two-part question, you know, how did you kind of handle those changes on the fly? I mean, and then did you have some maybe mentors that you picked up along the way or? Yeah, I mean, so probably take a step back at the end of, end of my college career, I didn't know if landscaping was what I wanted to do. I, I was very, very lost, uh, kind of confused about it. So what I, else would you have wanted to do? I don't know. That's okay. what, that's sure. where I was at. I didn't know if I, you know, I was like, common question for you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I went into financial services, obviously selling insurance. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm real, real big about money, managing money, growing money. That's been one thing I've always been interested in. So who taught you? That was it your dad. Or just kind of, I, I think just got a knack he. Um, I think what got me there was being. My parents made good money. Um, but my dad was always very tight with me on money. Hmm. And I didn't like that growing up. Mm-hmm. So like I was scared to ask my dad for 10 bucks to go to the movie theater sure. on a Friday with some girls, sure. you know? So I was like, I, I don't, I don't like that. How can I make as much money as possible? Yeah. Um, and then that kind of ho- ho- rolled into the whole money thing. So, you know, I went to work for New York life for two years. Hmm. So I think I was probably 23, 24. Sure. At that point in time. Pushing life insurance. Yeah, man. Just That's pushing a grind, life insurance. dude. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So 
I had some good months. I had some good months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that was a great thing for me to do in my life because it taught me how to hustle more. Mm-hmm. It taught me sales. I, you know, I, I got connected to, you know, the Grant Cardones of the mm-hmm. world, people like that who are very into teaching sales training. So I took some sales training courses. Um, ultimately, has helped me with my landscape company in okay. the end. Did you do Cardone University? I did Cardone okay. U. I had it for probably two years. I okay. mean, I've been through all that. Cool. Um, I don't think there's... I mean, I implement quite a bit of it in my business now on the sales process side. Yeah. But um, obviously, there's things that I could do better on a daily basis. But I think kind of where the turning point for me was was when I broke my neck in, I don't, I don't know, 2017 or something like that. Um, so that kind of put me in a... I was in a funk for so what probably happened? a whole happened? year. How'd it happen? Mm-hmm. So doing some riding on razor side by side, rolled it downhill, didn't have my seatbelt on, mm-hmm. um, came out of it, landed on top of me. So I, I uh, had, they called it a unstable fracture. So I had one vertebrae in my neck go completely behind the other, ver- other vertebrae. So my spine was in an S. Jesus. So I had like, I think it was like a 40 or 50% chance of being paralyzed after surgery. Oh my God. Something, something crazy. Um, so, you know, surgery went fine. Obviously I was, I'm great. I am now. Um, but you know, I, I, like I said, I was in a funk for probably a whole year. Didn't mm-hmm. know what I wanted to do in my life. Uh, when I went back to selling insurance, I hated it. Uh, I hated the grind of it. Um, and at that point in time, all I had was landscape company. Mm-hmm. So I still had the landscape company the whole time. Um, weren't doing huge numbers or anything. I had probably three full-time guys working for me. Um, the help was shit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was terrible. Just not showing uh, up. Not and... showing up, making excuses, doing half-assed work. Mm-hmm. The, the list goes on and mm-hmm. on and on. So, you know, after that happened, I was like, all right, look, we're, I'm 100% in this landscape company. This is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to grow this thing. So, I'd probably say t- the past three years has been the push. Um, oh, well. So that's that's when I talk to people, I'm kind of like, hey, I've owned my landscape company for you know going on eleven years now, but really only been in business for about three. Okay. Because um, so you were just dragging a trailer with some overs and some weed just kind of before. That's and it. Yeah, we're doing a little bit, up doing a little bit of landscaping yeah. here, there, you know, a little little shrub trim and a okay. little mulching. But you know, from there, I'd probably say that's where we really got heavy into the landscape installs, hardscape installs. Uh, the design aspect of the business, um, design build. So okay. that that aspect of it is really fun uh, when you can get, you know, get and go and sit with these clients and talk to them about the vision of their backyard cool. and, you know, incorporating a pool into it or incorporating, you know, outdoor features into it, you know. And, and also the, the projects are a lot bigger. I mean, we're talking, you know, anywhere from, you know, 10,000 plus the, mm-hmm. the number is unlimited on what I've seen people spend on their outdoor living spaces. So, you know, I, I, that past three years has been a huge learning curve for me on, I mean, cause like I said, all this stuff is self-taught, mm, you know, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't have a landscape mentor to teach me this stuff. I didn't go to school to learn landscape design, landscape architecture. Um, so I've, you know, learned it all through courses and, reading books and so on and so forth so, so are you uh so isn't it f- isn't it fun though uh, to take on that i mean 
granted, you're still kind of in the box. No, it's not actually a box. You're in the realm of, of landscaping, but going from cutting grass to, to you know, trimming some shrubs uh, to running heavy machinery, digging, design, I mean, that's a whole new ballpark mm -hmm. there. Uh, and, and, and taking on that challenge uh, is exciting. I mean, it's chaos is what it is, but chaos. chaos helps you grow. Yeah. That's it. You can't, you cannot fucking grow without chaos or else you're just living in your comfort zone and nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, so you, so you took on, I mean, are you doing AutoCAD and stuff or is that no, you doing that or no, how, we, how are you uh, doing the designs for it? We, uh, I mean, I outsource that. Okay. So, so you, 3D, yeah. I, I mean, I have too much shit on my plate as it is. So anything 3D, I do 2D renderings, which I do a lot of them for landscape installs. So okay. we go meet with the client, you know, I have a free consultation, talk with them about design. Um, anything that's, I would say any project that consists of a hardscape, so a patio or a wall or something like that, I try to sell them on 3D design. That way they can visually see it. Okay. Because um, you don't have them completely sold yet. Correct. A 2D yeah. draw for the most part. Yeah. I mean, maybe they are, but... I mean, I sell them on the 2D draw, so they pay sure. me for my time. Right. Um, but, no, I don't have them sold on that. But I, I've had clients before that have been like, hey, the 2D is cool, but can we get it in 3D? I'm like, yeah, yeah pay, the th pay the 375 and let's do the 3D. <laughs> pay it. We'll do it. And get it put together. And yeah. Have you... Uh, so my son got these uh, VR, this Oculus VR face mask. Oh, have man. you seen any? Belgard, so one of the suppliers that we use... They are starting that. Cool. So they will send it to you. You design it, and you go to the person's backyard and let them put it on, and they can walk oh, around crap. in there. It's cool. Shit. I bet it's cool. I so, bet. I was talking to a um, an architect um, the other day and told him my son got one. He was like, "Oh man, we use those for architect all the time because they just design the building in the in the realm of VR. Yeah. Like they've got their wands and they can put their." Their buildings there and the doors. I mean, it's like they're literally walking through it. I mean, that's going to be a huge game changer in sales for the most part um, that I see for so. sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you got a customer, so, I mean, for me, I'm like, okay, I could sell this project for 100, 100 or I could sell it with VR for 150 and do mm -hmm. the exact same thing. Yep. Because there is no questions on what is going on. Yep. I sell it, or if they don't like it, I can make super easy changes. And yep. They can just walk through it again. A couple clicks, and they'll change it. Put yeah. a tree here. Put a yeah. shrub there. Put some lighting here. So. Yeah, or it'll get to the point. It'll probably, they'll get it to the point to where, I mean, it's got hand control things. Um, to where they could probably pick up a tree and just move it and set oh, it. You know what I mean? Here. Yeah, yeah, here, just here. Put this yeah. on. Spend a couple, spend a weekend yeah. in your virtual backyard. Yeah, and you sure. put it how you want to, and they'll send you the file. And there it goes. We Yeah, we've seen a huge shift, I think, um, over the past five years of the outdoor living space okay um you know back i'd probably say past five you know before five years ago 2010 era you know i would say you're you weren't really seeing people dump a lot of money in their outdoor living space um but now i feel like it is an extension of the home if you set it up the correct way so you know you're seeing a lot more people have larger back porches mm -hmm. um you know more of kind of a flow of the indoor to outdoor area um, which we enjoy obviously because we're doing the work, but obviously, I, I yeah. think it's 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 really cool and it's a really big selling point for people in the future if they're trying to sell their home. Well, having that <clears throat> space too, man, because I think uh, 
and I and and I was talking to some realtors about this too. Is that um, I can even see that uh, getting super intense over through twenty twenty, uh, where people are obviously they were stuck in their house and uh, they kind of realized that they would like some changes there. And that outdoor entertainment, that outdoor fireplace, that outdoor kitchen, you know, that outdoor mm-hmm. patio. It's kind of what they need, and I really do think that brings the house together too, man. Yeah, I mean, if I you can, so. especially if you've got kids and you've got a place to where you can kind of just relax outside, let the kids run around, grill out there, eat a little bit, throw a pool in for sure. Um, so, uh, kind of, I guess in these changes, um, you know, from from hitting it, you know, getting into some bigger type work over the past three years, what's been kind of the biggest challenge for you so far? I mean, just throughout the whole business. You know, I'd probably say this last year has probably been <clears throat> the biggest challenge for me has been letting go, mm. letting go of That's tasks, yeah. letting go of me not having to micromanage. I think I've gotten I'd gotten burned on it in the past, trying to back off and not be so involved in the business. Um, so I think that has been huge for me for the for the success of the company and the growth of the company. Um, I think that moving forward, I need to let go more. Okay. Um, let, let, and one thing I've really worked on is finding strengths of the guys that work for me hmm. and allowing them to really fine tune that strength. Um, so, you know, I, like for instance, I got a new guy that has come to work for me. Um, he's probably about a month to two months in. Um, so I've, I've had him running hardscapes with some guys. I've had him running landscape installs with some guys. I've had him running, um, cutting grass. He's good at all of them. So, you know, at that point in time, you know, I try to have about once a month meetings, sit down meetings with the guys, uh, one-on-one talk about what they like about the company, what they want to see changed, um, what they want, what they want to see out of me, what they want to see out of their other coworkers. So, and then also what do they enjoy? And I constantly ask that. What do, you, awesome. what do you enjoy doing? What do you enjoy doing? Um, and, you know, a lot of times they'll give you a bullshit answer. Sure. Um, oh, I, I enjoy this one day, but I enjoy this the next. Sure. And I'm the same way, but <clears throat> I also see what are they performing at the best. So, you know, obviously if one guy's really good at hardscapes, but he hates doing it, he's probably going to do hardscapes because he's good at it because mm-hmm. he's going he's to like it. Sure. If he's, he sees the finished product and he's really good at it. So... You know, I try to then place those individuals in those areas of the business where they can continue to hone that craft. So I, th- I think that's been a really big step in a way step for me because I'm able to not be on those jobs so often. You're working on the business, not in the business. Correct. Working on the business, not in the business. So I, you know, I'll kind of go. You know, the start of a project, I'll go there, run them through what's going on. Obviously, we have our every single morning we have a morning meetings. So. Guys are supposed to be there at seven. Funny thing too, if my guys are late, they gotta do twenty-five push-ups. <laughs> I got one boy that's be doing. He does fifty to seventy-five push-ups a week, and I count them out. I like, thought he's getting swole. I know that's what everybody else says. I count them out like major pain. You know, just, <laughs> wow, <"Whoa."> biggie, me. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, we, we kind of talk about what's going on for that day, um, and then where we're at on our projects. What are we up coming up in the next weeks? Um, but you know, I'm able to go over at, at the beginning of a project, show them what's going on. I try to give them as much information as possible. Communication. Um, so that, that, I think that was a problem for me in the past. Um, that's one thing that has changed this year 
and it's been huge because, uh, I, for instance, right now we're doing a huge project in Hendersonville, and um, I wouldn't say there's that many moving parts, but we're doing like a thousand square foot travertine patio mm -hmm. with some retaining walls and some stairs and some water features in it and some lighting and stuff like that. I've probably been working on that site a total of eight hours, hmm. me hands on. Sure. Um, and this is, we're going on our second week over there. I think I had scheduled 10 days and I think we're on day number six total there. Um, so, I mean, they're going to do 90% of the work without me being on site, you know, watching over, watching them. over them, which if they have questions, they'll FaceTime me and sure. ask me, okay. uh, which is FaceTime is huge. Yeah. These days I can imagine. Business. I can't even imagine being a business in 1970. I know. Like nobody had cell phones. <laughs> like you send your crew out for the day. Like, Hey guys, here's what you're doing today. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Don't screw it up. Let me drive over to the gas station and sit there all day and then drive back to the <laughs> yeah. office and said, yeah, I did this work all day. I mean, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's an ever changing world, man. And, and, uh, with you, with you stepping out of the business, um, what's that step look like? You know, uh, delegation, nobody with this podcast, I'm already at the point to where I'm sourcing social media managers, um, and people that will be able to at least help me or to edit the podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I, I can't. Can't do it, do it all. I mean, I, I, this is a no-pay side gig that you know is is building a foundation for something much much bigger. But it uh, it's tough because no, I was looking at my analytics. People drop off at eleven and a half minutes. Yeah. You're at at we're at thirty right now. Yeah. We've probably got seven percent of the same people listening. You know that started. Yeah. So that's why I started doing these clips. You know, I, obviously Joe Rogan's got these three-hour podcasts, and I'm not trying to mimic him, but I also don't like to cut conversation short. So I want to be able to have it all. And now I've got all this material yeah. that I can chop up just like Gary Vee does. You can get 15 minutes, but you can do 50 different things with it. Yeah, but you know also I mean? you get, I mean, I, I've done this before, especially with Gary Vee. It's like, hey, I, I heard this clip of it, but I know I listened to a little bit of this podcast. Let me go back and finish listening mm -hmm. to the podcast because I heard that clip, but I did not remember listening yep. to that. And that clip was 45 minutes yeah. in, you know what and I mean? the clip is a catcher. Mm-hmm. So, Just I mean, real we, got, quick. we got to have some stuff in here where it's like grabs the attention it's of somebody. It's exactly right. Uh, yeah, and, and I think that most of the good stuff, too, Yeah. Uh, the conversation doesn't get warmed up till like 15 minutes in, mm -hmm. you know? So, people dropping off at 11 minutes are really missing the meat of the whole thing. So, um uh, where were we at? Oh, the next step for you. So I know you play golf with you. You smash the shit out of the ball. Um, even with you broke your back and your neck, and you're still Come on, smashing it, dude. <laughs> uh, Ionic man. I know, right? He's just piecing part together, and he's uh killing it. So, uh. So obviously, landscape has got so many different directions it can go, and 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 the growth on it is infinite almost. Um, so you're stepping out a little bit, getting not you know getting your hands a little less dirty than they were before, not completely. But um, what's the next step for you in this stepping back? Where are you going to start dipping your fingers in? You know where where are you going with it? So as you know, we me and my dad started a, a new construction business. So we mm -hmm. do development and new construction. So we started that last year. Um, 
you know, my biggest thing with looking at a business, and th this is for any business, is if, if you want to start another business, and for anybody listening, I, I, t I tell this to people all the time. If you have a if you have a job and you want to make more money, start a side hustle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I make really good money in my landscape company, and I have another business that is my side hustle. So if you're out there working a nine to five for somebody, you have a lot of time left in the rest of your week to make an a extra five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So your goal should be to try to replace your income with your side hustle, and then if you want to get out of your nine to five, go to your side hustle and yep. start another side hustle. Yep. So the, the home building was my side hustle. So, you know, we started that, like I said, last year. Um, I think we built like one house last year, and, uh, you know, we, we made some good money on it. Um, right now, currently, we have two uh, out of the ground, one about to be out of the ground. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I'm always looking for ways to feed my other businesses. So obviously building homes feeds my landscape company because mm -hmm. the home's got to have landscaping. It's got to mm -hmm. have grade work. Mm. It's got to have, you know, clearing the lot. It's got to have all these things. So, um, you know, I got some, I got some stuff, uh, up my sleeve right now that I'm about to hopefully, um, start another business here in July to August. Cool. Um, that's going to feed my landscape company as well. Um, and, that, and that's, that's how you do it though. Right. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't get it. They're like, Oh, like I can do this, but you know, how do I get it to grow? And here, here's, here's my whole thing. And, and I've, I've, I've known this, but I've never really had it put in my face until, um, 2020. I think, I, I think the coronavirus is whatever you may believe about it, you know, as shitty as it may have been, or as, you know, as unshitty as it may have been, or, or overemphasized, um, things happened and it caused a lot of people to get creative about things. Oh yeah. And, um, who I guess, I think it was Grant. We can talk about him. He's, he's just a wild dude, man. I mean, Grant, Grant Cardone is love him or hate him. You know what I mean? He's, he's got some, some really good content out there, but oh, yeah. I think that, uh, one of his big things, you know, kind of in tandem with this content deal is attention get attention just yeah. fucking put you. yes be yeah. everywhere at yeah. all times no matter what yeah. and so that's that hit me like a ton of bricks because my book i'm in hospitality and insurance and obviously that took a fucking cutthroat hit yeah. during corona so all these chainsaws i was juggling kind of just fell apart uh and so i had to figure something else out i was like how can i get attention Boom, podcast, you know, yeah. networking groups, uh, trivia at the Furnace Brewing. Like, I don't get paid for any of that. Oh, yeah. But it's attention, it's attention, it's attention. And um, it's not, I don't really consider it. I mean, it's hard work. It's obviously a shitload of time and, and, and a lot of uh, action per se, but I enjoy it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a <clears throat> very creative process to yeah. do that. And I, I think growing in that direction, people – the old ways of sales, they're changing, man. I mean, they're they're really, really changing as far as cold calls and cold emails and mailers. Like you just you can't get people getting in front of people yeah. is so difficult because their attention span and even the, with all that we have going, on, I know how easy it is to get in front of people. How easy it is to get in front of people, but how much they their attention span is less than a goldfish. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to get them in a way that is so repetitive. 
yet so short and precise. Yeah. You know, and and get in, get out. That's what yeah. people want. They don't they don't necessarily like to leisure around. You know, and and one of the benefits of the podcast is that it's it's a relaxing environment. You know, you get to hang out, and I, I kind of enjoy that aspect. But again, it's attention. You know what I mean? You just do things that feed everything else. Yeah. I think one thing that <clears throat> you know was introduced back in the day is your network. Your net worth is your network. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't really ever believe that. Well, I kind of believed it until probably these past two to three years where I've seen how many referrals and people I've been introduced to and on the real estate side, how I've been able to grow my net worth by individuals that I've met and mm-hmm. purchased property from and been, you know, introduced to other people and you know, been able to kind of raise money and to be able to make some deals happen. And, you know, you know, my, my goal is, you know, to be, I mean, I won't be known by everybody, but to be known as somebody who does, you know, good stuff in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I I feel like I'm on the right path to doing that, but that kind of takes you back. And, you know, if you want to be successful in business, you, you got to know a lot of people, but you also got to do right by a lot of people. Yep. Um, you got to be able to help per, help somebody out without expecting your hand out afterwards. Exactly like, right. What, what do you want from, you know, what can I give you? So I try my best to do that, you know, help people out. But I think this year in particular has become really hard as busy as we are. Um, helping, helping friends out or helping even individuals out that I want to become more acquainted with uh, just because we're so busy. Um, but you know, it feels good to have people like that reach out to you saying, you know, they heard, you know, got your name from so-and-so or, you know, things like that. And I, but I, I do think social media, like you said, helps you get in front of those people. Whether they know it or not. Your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Or you, your subconscious is taking that mm-hmm. in, man. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen me, but I try to do live videos. Mm-hmm. So I might Watch have, them all, man. And I'm they're good have, and they're quick, too. Yeah, You're I'm like, here have, we are, we're yeah, doing this. We're doing and, this. And, and that only thing that is is to catch some eyeballs. So I don't care if somebody watches it for the whole 45 seconds mm-hmm. I'm filming that video, but they saw me scroll across their newsfeed. Yep. And then that night they saw, saw me scroll across their newsfeed again with a project that we did yesterday. Yep. And tomorrow morning they're going to see me scroll across their newsfeed again with, here's what we're doing today. So like, like we talked about earlier, content is king. The more content you can put out, the better, even, even if it's redundant. But I, I do think your content needs to have some relevancy, some, it needs to bring it needs some to have value. some meat and potatoes to it, man. Correct. Yeah. It needs to yeah. bring some value. So, you know, I used to try to do like, and it kind of became difficult, but uh, I might go back to doing it once a month or something like that because we do it inside of our company. We talk about um, what, what we're going to learn this month on a particular area of the business, like hardscapes. Everybody learns it. It doesn't matter if you're in the hardscape division or not. You're learning a snippet of hardscapes. That way, if one of my guys that cuts grass is at a customer's house and she says, hey, you know, this paver over here, these pavers over here are all falling off. My guy's going to be like, well, your base is starting, your base Mm -hmm. of your pavers is starting to slide out. Mm -hmm. Let me get one of the sales guys, which is me. Mm -hmm. Let me get get the owner out here to take a look at that for you. Mm -hmm. If they know just enough information to be dangerous, you know, they can help with a sale. Absolutely. So, so how do you, um, hopefully this will tie into where else I'm trying to get with it, but um, I think it will. Um, 
employee management is a necessary evil, obviously. Mm-hmm. And for me knowing you and from the 39 minutes and 55 seconds of this conversation, uh, you obviously have uh, a you, you have emotion in an empathetic view or or uh, an empathetic feeling towards your employees you ask them what they like what they don't like what they you know what they would rather do what their thoughts about the other employees anything that may need Mm -hmm. to be um and that's not micromanagement it's 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 quality control at its finest you know and 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 it's it 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 takes a little bit of the cross off your shoulders like you're not carrying the whole thing and you've got to figure it all out you're kind of uh, leaning on your, I even hate to say employees, by the way you describe how you run everything, it's kind of, I mean, it's a teammate almost. I mean, because yeah. obviously if they're not running at whatever percentage they need to be running at, shit's going to fall apart. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. You know, and as cliche as that might sound, it's 100% true. So uh, seemingly it sounds like you've got a little structure to these meetings and um, and a, a, a cadence to kind of what you do maybe on a monthly or a quarterly basis. Um, when you're dealing with your employees, uh, how, how do you, how do you kind of go about that? You know, where do you kind of come up with some ideas as far as what to talking to them about? And, um, do you, do you feed them lines as far as what they're saying to, to clients? How detailed do you get with that? Um, I think employees for me, I struggled with for the longest time. Ugh. Um, cause were they your buddies just to start off with? They were my buddies. So when okay. they were my buddies, it was great. Sure. It was awesome. I mean, I remember, here's some numbers for you. I remember <laughs> when I was probably 22, 23 years old, and my buddies know this. And you're what, 27? Yeah, I'm 27. Okay. So we, I, it was me and two of my buddies, and I had them pretty much running the mow crew for me. We were doing about twelve to 14000 a month. Okay. And I was paying them net? five to 400 a week. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And so I was probably... I was probably profiting close to eight to nine grand a month mm-hmm. at, you know, 22 years old, which I know that's 22 year olds make way more than that, but I also know guys that's that pretty are making dollars a yeah. month yeah. or a week. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was great. We had, a, obviously we had a back relationship. They were my best friends, literally. They'd just gotten out of high or just gotten out of college and they were, you know, kind of looking for what to do. So they came to work for me, you know, obviously. Why, mm-hmm. why not? We're sure. going to. We're gonna be off on going, Friday hang out, yeah. at noon, and we're going to the river, and we're gonna get drunk <laughs> until Sunday, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna work all week. So that's you know, a good life, right are, there. Those are the best days of my life. Well, <laughs> yeah. except for now because I got a child, and that's amazing. But and a wife. Yeah, yeah, she was there too the whole <laughs> oh, time. Yeah, she, so, yeah, yeah, she loved. She wasn't cutting grass though. No, no, not at all. No, no, she wasn't doing much. She was just waiting on the She's, five o'clock to roll around so she could. She got her down cushion there. driving your ass back and yeah. forth to fucking yeah. class. But I, I, I think after they left, um, I had a real hard run-in um, with, you know, guys on drugs, um, guys that were a lot older than me. I remember I had a 38-year-old guy working for me. He was mm. running my running my stuff for me, and he just – I don't think he really had much respect for me um, mm. where – I mean, I knew what I was talking about, but I feel like, you know, hey, I've been in the business for longer than you've been in business. And uh, – so I had some I had some tough times, but <clears throat> I think 
kind of what got me on track to kind of where I'm at now and, you know, the direction that we are going is I, I used to give in too much. I used mm. to give in way too much. So, you know, if guys called me and they're like, hey, man, uh, we didn't get done with this. Um, it's Friday. It's four o'clock. We're, we're, we got four left on the schedule. Can we just push them off to Monday? You know, back in the day, I'd be like, you know what, man, don't worry about it. Come in, mm -hmm. you know, come in. Or they make up some bullshit excuse. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I'm like, no, you're, mm -hmm. you're going to get it done or you're going to come in tomorrow and you're going to do it. So I, I think being, and, 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 and for me, I thought I was going to lose employees. That was my biggest concern. Sure. Um, so I, I think for, you know, somebody listening to a business owner that's going through this, I think it's, you got, you got to let go. You can't be worried about losing that employee unless he's a linchpin, which he can do everything and run the business while you're not there. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, yeah, that, that employee is worth their weight in gold, which you should probably well, be paying them more. Well, they don't get there without earning a little respect Correct. in the first spot. But you should probably be paying them more than... Sure. You know, but I don't, you don't run they into... They wouldn't get to that spot by Correct. bitching either. You don't run, <laughs> yeah, you don't run into those employees yeah. at, at that stage. So, you know, nowadays I... I'm not as forgiving as I used to be. I don't take shit like I used to from my employees. I'm the owner of the company. Um, you know, you know what's on your schedule for the day. You know how long it's supposed to take. It, it needs to get done or it'll get done tomorrow. Or if you got to stay until dark, it's going to get done. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a fine line to that. Mm. You know, there's a, you know, uh, it's just like raising a kid. You know, there's mm -hmm. give and take on how far you can push being that, and you know, mean dad and how much you can give so you're not that mean dad. Right. Um, I think it's the same way with an employee, uh, even though they might be the same age as you or even older. Sure. Uh, you still got to kind of treat them, um, I'm not going to say like a child, but you have to treat them. You know, they have feelings too. You have too. to be compassionate towards Correct. them. Because you don't know what the you don't know what hell's going, going on in their life, yeah. at their house. You yeah. know, their baby mama could be yeah. out of control. You know, who who knows? Yeah. Um, so that, that's where it comes into asking a lot of good questions. Um, I, I feel, you know, in the past I've had some guys that have been like that, not 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 hitting their production numbers, you know, not 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 getting it done in the field. You know, it just takes those hard questions to ask. And I feel like in the past, I was scared to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, man, what's what's going on? Why are, why are we not hitting these numbers? Um, and, and I think, you know, in the past, it was because I didn't have those deliverables up front. What, so do, you I, what do you mean? So as far as production, so let's take a MoCrew, for example. So, you know, MoCrew might have 20, 20 yards on their schedule for the day, and it might be scheduled for a 10-hour day. Um, and it took them 12 hours. Uh, mm. two weeks ago they had the exact same schedule and it took them 10 hours. So they like check in with you just like, not necessarily clock them, but like when they show back up at the shop or do they text you when they're done or how does that? Yeah. I have a clock in clock out. Okay. I used to get email alerts, but I turned that off cause it gave me so much anxiety when I got home <laughs> at five o'clock and my guys were still not done. So I turned that off here about two weeks ago, but you know, I, we review that the next morning in our morning meeting. Hey, okay. where were we at yesterday on a production? Um, why were we there? Um, and then, you know, at that point in time, you, you kind of take your crew leader, you know, you, you see what's going on or even your, his helpers or anybody's helpers, you kind of see what's going on. I, I feel like morning meeting is really good to kind of get somebody's vibe, mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with them. And, you know, if you see this repetitive pattern for a couple of days, that's when you need to address it, pull mm -hmm. them off the side, see what's going on. Um, obviously people, you know, need to come to work, be happy with what they're doing 
happy with their life, obviously you're going to get the most out of them at that point in time. So back to your thing, that's why I ask those questions. What do you like? What do you like doing? You know, I'm trying to make a most cohesive environment for production. You're getting out ahead of what could potentially become a big issue at Correct. some point. Correct. So we try to, to alleviate as much of that up sure. front. So, I mean, I, I think this model that, I mean, obviously it takes a lot of fine tuning to get oh, to yeah. where, you know, obviously at one point in time, I don't want to be running these morning meetings. I want my manager to be running mm-hmm. these morning meetings and we're kind of on the track right now. Um, so you've got like a number two guy kind of, or do you have, I mean, how, what, do, what do you have it separated up? I mean, what, so lawn and hardscape? Yeah. Or? So right now I only have, I have five guys. Um, I have, uh, two guys that run hardscapes, two guys that run landscapes. And then me and um, <clears throat> my cousin, who actually just moved up here to work for me. So he oh, owned cool. a landscape company in Florida. Um, stuff didn't work out. He called me. He was like, hey, man, you know, if you could use me to come work for you, um, cool. You know, would love to come learn, and we'll see where it goes from there. So uh, that's actually where I was last weekend in Florida at his wedding. So he's oh, actually okay. coming back, I think, tomorrow or something. But he's, uh, you know, he's kind of that uh, manager in training. So, you know, I'm teaching him the ways of the business so I can step out hopefully in about June or July and him be pretty much running what I'm doing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me right now is it's going to be hard to teach is running estimates, all that kind of sure. stuff. Uh, the technical the, stuff. Yeah, in that business, there's a lot that goes on. You can't just go look at a patio and be like, okay, this is going to, you know, take uh, two guys 12 hours to, you know, excavate all the dirt out and build the patio yada yada uh you have to be in the field to understand those numbers mm. have done it before mm-hmm. so you know i'm trying to make it as dummy proof as possible like mcdonald's did with you know build you yeah know, build, build the system yeah build, build it like you want to say what is that was that was that book uh the e myth the e myth yeah you read that yeah uh-huh. great yeah. book yeah. yeah i did a i did a what do you call it a book club deal through the chamber on that one um build the business like you want to sell it put systems in place you know and it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing is that there's a um there's a structured environment which tell me this um when you started i guess being a little more forward with your employees um as well as kind of structuring these morning meetings and individual meetings and things like that did you find that maybe your employee retention went up some or did yeah. I'm sure it did. Yeah. So how, I mean, how, how long have you kind of had these guys that you've got now? Um, I haven't really had any turnover in the past two years. Oh man. In the landscape business, that's phenomenal. Yeah. I've had one Hispanic guy leave. Uh, he was just a piece of shit. So mm-hmm. let's just put it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's left me multiple times. Great guy. I've helped him out as much as I've could. Bought him cars, rolling him money. Um, he, you know, obviously he's just dealing with family stuff at home, and can't figure it out. Mm. So he hurts other people as he's, yeah, you know, as he's going through that. But now I think, uh, you know, within the past two years, uh, really all we've done is grow, and I've had some part-time help kind of come in and out. Obviously, I've had some guys come in that I know, hey, they are not a right fit for this company. Um. And I really don't count those as turnover. Obviously, yeah, they came sure. and left. There's but like a trial period. Yeah, kind of I, I knew that they weren't going to work out. So, <clears throat> you know, I think obviously what I'm doing is is working. Um, but I, I, it, 
you know, it helps from the input, and, you know, and I've only started working on this in the past two years is getting input from everybody else um, on what we're doing, what can be improved, how can I help your job be easier? Um, you know, because I, I feel like, and, and I've gotten that way from people leaving in the past and telling me why they left. Hmm. Kind of like an exit interview. You always ask. Absolutely, you know, exit interviews on? are the best. Yeah. Why, why? Why are you leaving? What's going on? So, you know, I, I like for example, probably close to two years ago now, I had a guy leave. I kind of hired him in to kind of run the show. <clears throat> was paying good money. Uh, he left because of structure and organization. He didn't think I was very structured very well. We were just going and doing these jobs. I was like, okay, well, we don't have a lot of work, so mm-hmm. you know, I sell a job on Tuesday. If we ain't got nothing on Thursday, we're doing a job. Yeah. Where we got to scramble for materials or or what. Yeah. So, you know, he came from a larger company where mm. work was booked out and then somebody else was sourcing materials. He just materials. kind of put the square peg in the square hole and Correct. went at yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, there was a lot of other people helping this happen other than three guys, mm. me sourcing materials, them prepping and then coming in and doing it. So, you know, I, I understood that. I was like, you know, I understand at that point in time, you're not a good fit for where we're at in the organization right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, I brought you on to help us get there. Obviously, you're not going to do that. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, now <clears throat> where we're at now, I'm in a good spot. So I'm trying to, you know, figure out, hey, here's, here's the areas of the business that I need help with. And do I have enough funding to delegate those yet? So I just put an ad out on, uh, what's it called? Fiverr? No. Not Fiverr. The other one that you can hire people. Um, anyways, online app uh, okay. that you can hire people from Upwork. Okay. Upwork. So I'm um, trying to hire you know, a, gr- a girl or a guy to answer incoming calls, hmm. kind of pre-qualify people on what type of project they're looking for, and then you know, take that off my plate. Okay. Schedule them if they pre-qualify into my calendar. Because uh, pretty much every night at the end of my workday, I'm making an hour of phone calls, calling mm. people back. Because typically, unless they're one of my clients, I don't answer the phone in the middle of the day. Yeah. Because I just got too much going on. I'm either driving, I can't stop. You know, completely focus my time on taking notes on right. what they got going on. So I think that's one thing that I can delegate out to a virtual assistant that can kind of help me with that. You know, um, as well as doing a little bit of bookkeeping. Um, mm. Obviously, nobody likes doing that stuff. So there's some people that do. Oh yeah, some people yeah, love it. That's numbers, why you hire man. <clears throat> That's exactly right. I think. Um, it, I I think for for most business owners, that delegation is is the hardest part of letting go of a little bit of your baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you started it, you're doing it, especially the books, dude. Uh, Books are tough, you know, because there's just so much fuckery that goes on out there as far as, yeah, as far as people just skimming some off the top or, you know, being lazy about it. And, but those are the challenges that come with, with, with a business. And I guess it's going to lead me right into kind of our, what I really want to get into, um, is, is, is you personally from a, uh, from a from a mindset basis and a daily habit basis and kind of how you personally deal with controversy and chaos and you know and and to bring order back to that situation i know 
I've talked to you, so I know you're into kind of this, you know, quote unquote, self-help, self-betterment, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, that's that's the motor that drives the whole fucking system Mm -hmm. is how you as an individual operate and, and, and envision because you had to you had to think of something before you actually manifested it. Correct. And you're the one that manifests it. It's not your employees. You know, they may have some, you know, manifestations of their own that 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 intermingle with yours, obviously, and you've got to kind of settle that out. But uh, but you, uh, how do how do you deal with it all? I mean, you've got you've got kid, you've got a beautiful wife, about to have another one, another, not another one, <laughs> another kid, um, and uh, employees, houses. I mean, there's you just got a lot going on. Uh, Particularly, I would like to start kind of in the morning, what you've got going on to kind of set that day yeah. uh, pre, you know, I guess what, 7 a.m. meeting with your yeah. guys? Yeah. Uh, and then kind of how you finish the day and, and what you do kind of in between that as well. Yeah. So my day sucks, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, I'm pretty shitty at it, and I should do way better, and I'm working on it. So... I've had an alarm on my watch for the past uh, probably two months now for 5.45 to get up and haven't done it once. Okay. Um, so that, that's one thing that I'm I'm working on now. Um, for me, one thing that I've realized um, here over the past two months is my body is a temple. And I only have one body. I have a fucked up neck and a fucked up back. Mm-hmm. I'm literally not going to be able to walk by probably 35 or 40 if mm-hmm. I continue down what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get in a better routine of yoga or stretching or sure. something because if I don't, then literally I'm stuff that people think is heebie-jeebie. I mean, he- stretching is if you're huge. in my. Yes. I mean, I know it For from you, yeah. from my perspective. I know that every average day person is not all jacked up. Sure. Stretching will probably go as far as it does for me, but I can feel it so much better. Sure. So that that's one thing that you know I'm setting up to do in the morning is, is and also on the meditation side, um, you know, sitting down, visualizing what I want my life to be, uh, where I want to go with my business, where I want to go with my family, where I want to go, where I want to go with my body, and where I want to go with my spirit spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you've heard of a uh, wake up warrior challenge? Wake up, warrior. Yeah, the is, Garrett White guy. Uh, yeah, it, it's not the Miracle Morning thing, but uh, I don't. You can go into so, it. I mean, it's he. He's got this program for guys, and that's kind of what he's he focuses on: his body being balanced and uh, I don't know the other one. There's something four. else. Yeah, business. Okay. So you know, there's there's that's really the only four aspects of your life. Um, so you know, you need to have all those in line, but. For me right now, on my daily basis, I wake up at probably six, a little earlier. I lay there for a while, um, you know, get up, get get my daughter going, get her dressed, get everybody out the door, and then you know head over to my shop for our morning meeting. Okay. So my guys roll in, talk about what's going on for the day, um, and then you know it it depends. It really depends from there on You're putting what up I fires do for the rest of the day. Correct. Yeah. So I'm either going to put up pick up materials i'm going to client meetings i'm going to put out fires you know whatever it is that i'm doing with the landscape company um and then also i got my home building side mm-hmm. so you know typically every single morning i try to leave uh my shop and go check on the homes 
see what see what's gotten done, see if there's anything that's fucked up that I need to call the contractors on that are, you know, coming the subs that are coming that day to make sure, you know, it gets done fixed, gets done right. Um, and then from there, you know, I'm making sure that that those homes are on schedule and I'm getting in touch with other contractors to make sure they're on schedule to come the next week so we can keep these homes rolling. Um, so, you know, I, I'd probably say throughout the day, I spend a lot of time on the phone. Yeah. Um, more than the average Joe. I mean, I know me and Jacqueline talked about it the other day. It was like, look at your in-going and outgoing calls for the day and look at mine. I mean, there are a couple scrolls and it's one day where yeah. your couple scrolls is like five days. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot going on. And then, um, but I say it's gotten better over the, the past, you know, year because of me not having to be on job sites as often. Whereas before, I was trying to handle all that from the job site, which sure. that was a lot of phone calls, you know, a lot of me leaving early, um, you know, and even before I had guys that I felt comfortable letting them run the crew, you know, we were having to shut it down for the day at four o'clock, which, I mean, my guys work pretty much from seven till dark. If we're, an, if we're over an hour away from the house, you need to work till dark because I'm paying two hours of drive time every single day. Sure. Okay. So they work till five, five thirty, six o'clock every mm. day, especially like when we're out there in Hendersonville now, you know, yeah. I'm having to pay two hours of drive time. So it doesn't make sense for guys to drive out there, work till noon, and then come home, you know, if something's going on. So, you know, we try to, you know, if somebody's got something to do, there's there's no point in that happening. Um, but, you know, back to your back to your thing, you know, I got a lot going on throughout the middle of the day. Um, and, and right now it's tough, you know. I, like today I got home at about 4.30. Uh, I was done for the day other than getting out estimates and stuff like that, which I worked on a lot during the day. Um, but... You know, there's, I'd probably say four days out of the week, I don't get home till seven or eight o'clock at night. Sure. So, you know, that, <clears throat> that that's one thing that people say, hey, start a business, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll make a lot of money, you'll have freedom, but they don't tell you what comes, what, what it oh, costs. Oh, just get ready, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what it costs to get there. Um, you know, even, you know, I'm 10 years into the business now and I'm just, I feel like I'm just now starting to figure this shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm 28, but, you know, I feel like all these, I feel like the past 10 years have just been, I've just been learning, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm now starting to implement this stuff into the business. So, you know, I, I look at it for myself as like, I want to spend more time with my wife. I want to spend time, more time with my, my child. Um, obviously we got, we got free weekends and stuff like that, but you know, the, the get home late. I, and this is one thing that I worry about, not don't worry about, but I'm already starting to implement it. It's like, you know, my daughter's going to have stuff after school. She's going to have to go to dance practice or play f- baseball or do some shit like that. And, you know, I need to be there for those things. And I also want my guys to be there for those things for their children. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've just recently started thinking about is how can I make this happen? Us still be profitable. Us still get our jobs done on scheduled amount of time, but you know, mm. and get the guys home by five o'clock so they can go to the, or four o'clock. Cause yeah. I mean, baseball games these days are at four thirty. Like who the hell does this shit? <laughs> like, we work. People work. <laughs> hey, we got a T-ball game at four thirty. Everybody be what? here so we can no. be out at seven. You got lights on that field, don't you? Yeah. Have the game at seven. Let everybody eat dinner first or something. I I don't know, but I I think of everybody else. Um, 
and and try to think of you know the direction the business is headed and how everybody can be happy in the business because people leave that people leave their work for shit like that. One hundred percent. You know, the I don't, I don't get to go. Is not yeah, what they yeah, want I don't, it to be. I don't get to go see my kids' baseball games. And good thing for me is I got a bunch of kids that work for me. Well, that don't really have three. Kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. I got one that's got like one is twenty two, and he has no kids. All he cares about is drinking beer and partying okay. and being late to work every day. I, I says a twenty two year old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I got one guy that's a year younger than me, and he's got like a three year old. So he, he, I think his daughter's the same age as mine. Hmm. Um, so he's really. <clears throat> you know, he, they're not there yet as well, but, and then I got one guy that's got six kids, but I don't know what he's doing. Golly. Yeah, we, we won't get into that. It's a totally different story. That's a whole lot of kids. All of them great guys. None of them bitch about working late ever. Yeah. Um, but they do let me know, hey, I got a, like my one guy, he said, man, I got, my daughter's got a game at six. I got to be off at five. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Make it happen. If not, let's move your schedule, you know, move some of your schedule tomorrow. Or how can these guys help you finish it? Because you can't really start cutting grass too terribly early because it's still wet. Is that right? I mean, can you go ahead? I mean, you can. Back in the day when I used to cut grass by myself, I remember uh, me and my buddy Tucker, and this was back in the river days, (laughs) Fridays, we would start at 5 in the morning. We'd get to my house. It would be dark. We'd load up. We used to go cut the tractor supply here in Dixon, and then we had a couple other ones, like a couple commercial accounts. And we would cut them all before 7 o'clock. Oh, wow. Cut a couple of them. Yeah. And then we'd be done by 1 o'clock. And the boat would be ready. And we'd pull up, <laughs> the boat to up to the truck. And we'd be at the river by 4. Living life. Yeah. But that was, you know, back in the me plus 1. Sure. Me plus 2. Sure. And now it's, you know, 5 of us plus me. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot more There's a lot more moving pieces in that puzzle now. Oh, absolutely. And the bigger you get, there's... A lot more moving pieces. Well, it's just one more cog, you know, in the whole system. It's you've got to deal with. I don't think there's more cogs in the system. I think what it is is you have a business, and it's you know, every there's one there's a piece for every single puzzle or every Mm. piece for the whole cog. Mm -hmm. That cog gets overwhelmed. Yeah, it's true. And one person can't handle it, so it has to be delegated. Yeah, and then that cog gets overwhelmed and has to be delegated. So I think at that point in time, your team grows because. The owner can't handle the sales anymore because you get 30 phone calls a day. Mm-hmm. The owner can't answer the phone calls anymore because you get 30 phone calls a day. The owner can't do the work anymore because you got four months of projects lined up. Mm-hmm. So and it goes on and on and on and on as you get bigger. Um, and for me, I, I think that I haven't got to the point where I've found like, hey, here's, because this is kind of my goal. I want to get to a happy spot where I'm like, all right, we're making two and a half, three million dollars a year, and the profit margin is here. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take us a couple of years to kind of get to where we want. I think we'll have to go over that mm-hmm. and under that and figure out where the happy medium is. Hey, we need 12 guys, one manager, one salesperson, one office person can handle X amount of dollars a year, and our profit margin is X. Mm. And if we go Boom. over that, sweet our spot. profit margin is less. If we go under that, our profit margin is less. I think there's a sweet spot there. And then my, my thing, too, is like I want all my guys to make as much money as possible. Yeah. Like I want to pay them as much money as possible. That's why we do – like we have a bonus structure on everything. So mm-hmm. we have timed – like everything's timed. Like this project's supposed to take 10 hours. If you get it done in eight, you're making your two hours – free you know you're getting paid for those 10 hours whether you you know it's kind of like a mechanic deal type deal too kind of like yeah, a body shop style yeah, deal. yeah okay um but we also have jobs that you know there's we have so much profit margin in them 
like sod jobs. We make so much money on sod. It's stupid, like what people <laughs> pay for it, but it's the going rate. Um, like, you know, like a lot of times, like my guys have a big sod job. Like a couple of weeks ago, we did like, well, four guys, we did like 10 grand in one day. Oh, wow. And, uh, I mean, they Just all put down grass, putting down grass. We had like, <laughs> three, three different jobs we did. I think we laid like 20 something pallets in a day. Dang. Um, now I didn't do any of it. Sure. Yeah. You know, I did. No, I, no, I didn't do anything. No. I, I, walked way it needs I, to be. I led the jobs and kind of rolled around each one, yeah. made sure it was going right. But I think they had almost $200 bonus per guy. Wow. Good for so, them. I mean, that's a, that's over a full day's pay on top of your daily pay. So they made almost, you know, $400 a piece wow. per day. Dang. So we try to structure it that way. Yeah, and and two, you know, it's got the guys there. The hustle, yeah, they're hustling, the hustling because it's like man, because shit, they let's they get know. this market done. Well, you can you can you can separate, you know, the weak from the strong at that point too, you know, and that's even more one of this like this honing deal as far as there's, there's a sweet spot there, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a from those that you know, and I'm I'm sure having your guys working kind of if they get it done quick, obviously they get a bonus, but it's worse because it's time and a half if they're working overtime oh, yeah. kind of deal. So you've got to you've got to manage that as well too. Uh, so you've, you've, you've been, when did you move to Dixon? How long ago? How long you been I was here? in sixth grade, so okay. probably 12. So you've been here for a while. Uh, you obviously know a lot of people. You, you, you're at a lot of people's houses. You see what Dixon's doing. You've gotten into the, to the house building. Uh, what, where do you see Dixon going? Um, obviously we, we we've kind of got... <laughs> You and your your role and, and, and what you're doing as far as from teaching people how to start a business to uh, growing your own business to starting another business, <clears throat> what's going to happen to Dixon? We've got a huge bottleneck at the moment. Obviously, there's a housing shortage, uh, which you're uh, helping help with helping yeah. with trying to trying to help with. Um, there's a there's an infrastructure shortage as far as capacity in water and sewer internet stuff like that as well too a lot of stuff going on downtown some other developments and stuff where uh, i think your your business is set in dixon your clientele is mainly in and around dixon as well too so i don't think you're going anywhere anytime soon you know it, it, until you hit it big and you may move off but uh what's what's going to happen man i mean where where do you see kind of the commercial space going in dixon um what do you see kind of with the housing market going on? Where, What stuff you got rolling around in your head? I think for me, the the housing market is tough because everything is, is so inflated right now mm. due to material cost. Um, so material cost in general, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's lumber, PVC, HVAC, um, it's all inflated. Um, so that's why you've seen the home, the home cost jump up so much. Uh, it's directly related to, Hey, it's going to cost me, you know, X amount to build this thousand square foot house. That's why I can list it for $250,000 mm. where it was built in 1970. Yeah. I saw that today and that blew my mind. Uh, <laughs> 1970, 1000 square foot listed for 250 grand. That's $250 a square foot. <laughs> that's that's yeah. some big time money. There. Big time for yeah. a old house. Old house is going to be redone. So I think for me, uh, one problem that we're going to face uh, we're already facing it now, but we're going to face it uh, for a while is uh, housing affordability for people who can't afford a $250,000 starter home. Mm. Um, I think past five years ago, 
you know, you could probably have gotten that same home for 150 grand. Yeah. 125 to 150. Uh, you know, a husband and a wife that are making six to seven hundred dollars a week each can afford that home very easily. You know, that's a eight hundred to a thousand dollar mortgage with shitty credit. Yeah, probably. Um, now, you know, somebody that's making, you know, you got a husband and a wife that both work at a factory and they're making six to eight hundred dollars a week each. Um, they can't afford a twenty five hundred dollar mortgage. Right. Every single month, with you know, they don't have a down payment. You know, they, if they do, they have a small one. Um, so I, I think that we need to bring in some affordable housing, uh, whether that's apartments, um, which we've got some, we've got something in the works with our business uh, with an apartment complex deal in cool. uh, in Burns. Um, I know people aren't happy to hear that, um, and for you listening, I'm sorry, but there's, with growth, there's pain, baby. I mean, pro- just, progression is progression is it you can't is stop it. Is. it. Yeah. I mean, you 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 just the good. I say the good. There's 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 a changing of the guards going on at the moment, though. As far as you know, not that the old guard is bad, uh, but growth is absolutely necessary. If you're not growing, you're dying. With anything. With anything anything and looking at what's happening in nashville right now people a can't really move there without paying out the ass and b want to get out so you've got all these you've got this just huge i mean because they're flooding from new york and california they're those countries are about to be just empty of people i mean they're all going to either texas tennessee florida um, you know, these southern kind of a little more wax, you know, lenient states as far as rules and taxes. taxes. Yeah. And uh, regulations is starting business and how much it'll help entrepreneurs. But um, this push to Dixon's changing whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. And maybe for the younger crew, the younger crowd, uh, it's easier for us to accept. But it's definitely a, a battle, but I, w- I will give a huge shout out and kudos to kind of the, uh, the leadership with Jason Pilkington and um, the mayors and a couple, you know, several other people that are uh, that are <clears throat> fanning the fire of this growth. Yeah, you know, they're they're lessening lot lines. Um, you know, they're allowing for some variances that are really progressive. Um, but manageable. It's not out of control. Correct. <clears throat> and and they get it. Um, Dixon's got room to grow, but again, it's this huge bottleneck like you're talking about is that cost of material is through the roof and with all of it. Um, and then the infrastructure is at a bottleneck. You know, traffic count is, is getting crazy. Um, so it's just a weird a weird point in time right now for everybody, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, I think the infrastructure thing is is really big. <clears throat> I know for us, we you know our our, our plan with the, with a piece of property that we bought in Burns was to build a development in it, and uh, we have sewer literally running down the front of it, and they told us we couldn't tap into it because it's full, so it's handling all of Fairview shit that is coming from Fairview literally to literally yeah. the shit yeah mm-hmm. to uh, Jones Creek. So you know that shut our whole deal down that we were going for right there. Um, obviously we have a new deal structured now on what we're going to do with that property. But, 
um, we're seeing cases like that all over the place um, where, you know, our infrastructure is not allowed or, or is not allowing to handle this growth because it's not in place. Um, and, you know, I, I think our, our electric department, our gas department, I think they're, they're doing a good job of trying to handle it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's people on those boards that also don't want the growth and okay. they don't want to push to make stuff happen. For me, <clears throat> I mean, you can ask anybody I know. I'm always let's let's try to make this deal happen and if, and figure out the rest later. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard of Grant Cardone. He yep. says that you know. Yep. Get the deal first. Figure out how to rest. do it afterwards. Yep. Um, and, and you know, I've kind of always been that way, especially on real estate. That, that's kind of how I am now. Structure the deal first. If I don't have the money to buy it. I probably can find somebody to buy it yep. and me get a cut of it. The hard money is a fun thing to come by. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right now, I mean, it's not hard to come by. Yeah. Money Money right now is not hard to come by on anything. Nope. But, you know, there's these exterior factors that are slowing these deals down. Um, you know, I think Dixon town, town, downtown in general needs a major overhaul on a lot of properties that are just... Absolutely. I mean, just shit properties, but at the same time, but they're I, overpriced right now. You overpriced. know what I mean? Uh, it's such a, it's so frustrating because every but, time I drive down Rickert and Poplar and all those, I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm about to go just knock on that person's door. You know what I mean? But, send them a letter in the mail. Yeah, but they know, they know yeah. that they could get a lot more than they could, you know, a year ago kind of deal. So it's, it's a, it's a fickle, it's a fickle beast to play with, but, uh, the thing is, like Jason and, and them downtown, and I understand because I'm kind of on the same boat. I don't want to see these these homes bought, tore down to be sold to a 1517A and a 1517B. Mm-hmm. Home in front, home in the back. Or I, I'm fine with the tall and skinny side by side with a driveway, but the homes in the front and the back, like who who wants to walk out their back door and see their neighbor's mm-hmm. front door right mm-hmm. there? Um, so it, it, it's tough. It's tough to buy a home that somebody lives in now that is really not livable because there's a bunch of them downtown that are this way oh, yeah. that people live in, um, you know, for top dollar and then tear them down to build something when building costs are so high right now. Yep. So, you know, for an investor, there's no room in there to make any money. Um, but I mean, there's deals out there. It's just, you know, I, I think it's going to take a little bit of work from everybody and even the direction the economy's going yeah. to, you know, make those deals where we're at work. Oh, yeah. Do you think it's going to bust? Do you think there's going to be a real estate bust? I don't think there's going to be a bust. I think there'll be a correction. Okay. Um, but with the cost of material, I mm-hmm. think it's kind of keeping us where we're at. But, you know, I've heard some work, uh, some talks from like kind of our lumber suppliers about... Um, you know, a correction in the the lumber prices, um, okay. maybe mid June, July. Mm, uh, but you know, that's all hearsay. You know, that's what they think. There's, there's no, yeah, there's no. Hey, this is gonna happen. Um, but I, I mean, I think that <clears throat> I I worry more for the home sales in California. Oh, absolutely. All these people leaving Bob. and what's gonna happen? And they're making they're making out with some big bucks on a condo. You know, coming down here and getting some property in a nice house. Um, or property that's, I mean, I, I've sold multiple pieces of property. You know, purchased them off market, turned around and sold them. 
um, to people from California. I mean, it just and they don't even fret over. What do you what do you put it? Where do you list it? On the MLS. Oh, so you just you give it to a realtor and then they'll come out. They'll I, just... I mean, I purchase I purchase property off market. Right. So I find a deal. Uh, get in touch with the owner. Um, try to purchase it at a price that I feel like is is good. You know, I typically try to be a hundred percent under what I think the market value is. Hmm. So I'm trying to make a hundred percent on a deal. Yeah. So I make if I buy a property for fifty thousand, I'm trying to sell it for a hundred, or I'm trying to buy a piece and I'm trying to split it up into multiple pieces. That's typically where I make more a lot more money. Um, but you know, these people from California, it's like I had, I had a guy come buy a piece from me, eight acres. Oh, nope, nine acres in Burns, and put a contract on it, never even come and look at it. Hmm. Didn't even come look at it. Survey wasn't even done yet. <laughs> we'll we'll purchase it, full asking price, cash. They don't care. No. I was, I'm was i on the BZA, the county BZA board, and there are some things that come across. It's the same thing. These people from California buy it online, and they don't come, they don't come look at it, but then they expect to build these houses on mm-hmm. there. And now they're wanting variances, yeah, because the setbacks are too much, and they want to lessen them just a little bit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what do you want? Me to do? What, oh, we can't. You should have looked at the rules, dude. Should've you know what I mean? Them. But you know, but who knows what they're going to do? The hell, they may just come out here and put a damn camper on it for a little bit and build a house somewhere else. I mean, hell, they're getting millions of dollars for a condo. You you can buy eight acres cash for fun, and hell, yeah. you can put a swimming pool out there if you want to. Yeah. The thing is, you know, we're kind of that. Williamson County, you cannot build a house within the next year. Like, if you wanted to go buy a piece of property in Williamson County right now to get your soil, all your soil done, Fairview might be a different story, but like Franklin, the mm. Thompson Station, those areas right now, you can't get somebody out there to do all that work within the next year. Mm. That's how backlogged they are. Wow. Um, and they just went to a, and, and Dixon has talked about this, going to a five-acre minimum on building a house. So right now in Dixon County, it's one acre minimum for a, a, a septic lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can buy, buy, you can buy three acres, split them up into three tracks, build three homes if they're suitable for a conventional septic system. But, um, I, I don't think the five acres is going to go through. One of the guys that's on the board told me about it. He said he, he doesn't see that happening okay. anytime, but Williamson County did that slow growth because mm-hmm. there was so much going on. People from Williamson County are starting to come, especially to Burns, because it's so close, mm-hmm. and try to build homes. But there's no property for sale mm. is the problem. Okay. So, you know, with with Dixon County, you know, you can get, you know, buy a piece of property, fill out a septic, you know, septic form, have your guy come out there, pay you 500 bucks. He'll come out there, show you where to build your house. Uh, you need to have a lot done in a month and have footers done, you know, in a month and a half. Ready to go. Ready to go. So have your house done from purchase a property to living in there in six months easily. Easily. With less property taxes. With way less property taxes. Way less property taxes. And I I'm I, I think Dixon's at a they're within proximity of, of uh, commercial exposure to satisfy people like that. That's that's one question I ask all the realtors is all these people flooding from these other states, trying to find a place to live, they end up in Dixon. Um, is is my question to them is is the commercial exposure what it needs to be to satisfy these people? And their answer is typically either yes or Nashville's thirty five minutes away. 
Yeah, you know? I think Nashville's 35 minutes away. Um, <clears throat> I think the better person to ask that would be a commercial developer. Yeah. Somebody who looks... And this is kind of the direction that I'm heading in in my real estate career is finding deals and then selling those deals to a developer, mm. whether it's a commercial developer or it's a residential home builder. Um, it's just, it, there's so much you can do real estate. That's, that's fast Absolutely. cash. Absolutely. Right Hell yeah. It's I wholesaling mean, for the wholesale. most part. Yeah. I can't wholesale or I can purchase it outright. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of the, the deal we did on 96. You know, we, mm. we purchased that property. Um, you know, we, we got a potentially, um, an apartment complex going in there. Cool. Um, we're probably going to do some commercial on it as well. Um, and then a little bit of residential. So, oh, what a cool mix. I've always said 96 is the main vein, man, between damn Williamson County and Dixon. It is, man. It is. So that'd be awesome. There's a lot of, there's a lot of other property for sale right there that we're, you know, in the works of buying it. So this is off market deals that, you know, I've reached out to these people, you know, find them online, send them letters in the mail, calling them, uh, you know, doing a little legwork to try to get these deals. So, um, but I, I do think, you know, that Bur- Burns area, um, you know, people kind of think of that as, I feel like people kind of think of that in Dixon as like Charlotte, but a little bit more upper class because mm-hmm. it's closer to, yep. closer to Nashville. People, yep. the higher, the home values are higher in there, yep. you know, as far as the homes that are there. Yep. Um, which, you know, I mean, if you've ever talked to anybody that lives in that Camp Ravine area, um, we have a lot of clients over there. So and nobody is from here. Nobody that lives there is from here that oh, moved there. Wow. Nobody. They either moved from Bellevue mm. or they moved from California or they moved from somewhere else to here. And a lot of times it's to be closer to their kids that already live in Nashville. Okay. But they don't live in Nashville because they're retired and they want a little bit more property. Okay. And yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'd probably say out of, you know, 20 people that live in there, there's one person that lived in Dixon County that bought one. Wow. They liked it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, Dixon's at a commuter standpoint from like, last I heard it was like 50 in, 50 out. So 50% will leave from Dixon to go somewhere else, but another 50% will come in from like Hickman and Humphreys and those places to come work in Dixon. So, again, that's another bottleneck that I'm seeing too is is, – yeah, I you know, think what, the, the jobs are not here. What's that next step, though? You know what I mean? What's that What's that next step to um, bring in what needs to be brought in? You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've said to, and this is a bottleneck as we're drinking long necks. Um, there needs to be, you know, the shift work kind of industrial space is good and it's stable and... Um, you know, it provides a decent life for people to climb the ladder if that's what they want to do. You know, and then I think again, also the entrepreneurial support within Dixon, as you can kind of see, you know, not just your business, but the the businesses on on Main Street as well too. The Downtown Dixon Association is um, very progressive in some of the things they do, and they're not progressive in some other things as well. But uh, I, I I think that. I've always pictured Dixon as like a a nesting area. How how and this is the this is where the infrastructure of internet comes into play. You know, for some reason, I just keep having this 
in my morning meditations this this thing that keeps hitting me that says that that Dinks, Dinkson, Dixon could be an incubator type space. I mean, how neat would it be if we had just this proximity from Nashville? I mean, Columbia's got an entrepreneur center. Uh, Centerville just put a badass entrepreneur center in. Um, and then we've got Clarksville above us that's got an, a, a Google plan up there and a couple other things as well. To, to have some sort of, obviously, we've been talking that the world is going towards this VR, social media, kind of, I hate to say less personal. Yeah, I mean, that's what COVID did. But that's I what worry it is. About, I worry about commercial space in general. Mm-hmm. So think about like... <clears throat> For me, think about all these healthcare companies. They own these, or lease, these twenty to 40,000 square foot buildings. Mm-hmm. They have 500 people that work in there. COVID hit. Every motherfucker that works in there can work from home. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. So now they are paying a, I don't know, $50,000 lease a month mm-hmm. for this building that everybody is still working from home. Mm-hmm. So I, I worry in the next three to five years what commercial real estate as a whole for the country is going to do, mm-hmm. especially for that. So I I think you're going to see a lot of these these big holders of commercial real estate go belly up because they can't afford this stuff. Um, kind of like you've seen Sears and JCPenney's mm-hmm. and companies like that go under. And all I, that, yeah. I feel like you're going to see a lot of these bigger box stores. And, and and maybe box stores, but like leasing buildings and things like that have some. I mean, it's going to hurt the economy because that's a lot. People that own those buildings have a lot of market share mm-hmm. and a lot of money. Um, but it's I, I'm not worried about in, in, that in Dixon County. I worry about that in Nashville and yeah. Franklin and areas like that. But I, I think Dixon County is great, like you said, an incubator for small business because people you know people still like to do business with people mm-hmm. um but i do think that you know there there needs to be a better online presence for gotta have internet got it and internet. i have i have got scheduled for the first of may which is next week um todd murphy who uh has a lot to do with the broadband expansion as well too so i'll get that out of him next week but i that's like it or not, that's the direction things are going right there. And and, and those people, those quote-unquote Silicon Valley people are used to a little more upscale amenities as well, too. And I think that if you could get internet, solid internet out here, and bring those people that no longer are going to work for HCA or you know Dell or you know whatever else, and they want to work from home... Bring them out here, put them on the internet, and then here they are spending all their damn money. But they're going to require the Starbucks, the Chick Fil A's, the the Dillards. You know these. I think I think we're getting those people now. Um, <clears throat> uh, we did a big saw job for a guy a couple weeks ago. Works for Microsoft. Moved here from California. Built it. Bought him a little shed from the Dixon Shed Builders. You know, one of those like uh, two story. Cool shit. I was like, dude, I need one of these for my office. <laughs> set my office up in this thing. So he's got his home office set up in that thing. And uh, works from Microsoft, works from home, lives on the way to Charlotte. Um, but I think that the what you're talking about, that more upscale person that 
bougie, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to call them that. But, you know, somebody who wants those better amenities, they're going to much rather want to live in Nashville or mm-hmm. Williamson County than Dixon because of those closer amenities, even if they are working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you, you know, I think that for me as a resident of Dixon County, I don't know if I want all that, but I would like some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we could have a good mixture of, you know, I, I kind of like the Thompson Station area mm-hmm. has done. That's a good spot. I think it's a good spot because yeah. there is some, and I'd probably say that people that live out there probably bitch about it, but, you know, there are some cram up um, neighborhoods in there that have, you know, quarter acre lots and they're boom, 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 which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people want to live. And that's the thing. They live on top of each other and live on top of each other. The thing is, you know, you think, uh, you know, and and you got to have an open mind always. And and I've had people say, oh, you're going to build houses right on top of each other on these quarter acre lots. Dude, people want that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to take care of their yard. They don't want to mow an acre. They don't care. They They don't have dogs. They quarter acre lot. They may have a little They don't give a shit if their neighbor, they can pop their head out and say hey to their neighbor on their back porch. Mm -hmm. They don't care. Um, I'm not that way, but... People are that there's way. There's a demand for that. Correct. There's a demand there. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as there's demand for condos. I mean, the demand is, as we can see right now, is the time to do it. If there was a time to do it for housing, it's now. If it could be built, build it. But we have no infrastructure to handle it. Um, I know there's a deal that's going on right now off of Gum Branch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's an apartment complex with some houses in there. Um it's it's supposed to kick off here pretty soon. It's already been through planning and zoning and everything like yep. that. Um, but I know there's some people that are opposed to it, which, I mean, you're going to get it wherever you Can't are. But everybody. Um, you know, I, I think to continue to bring those people from Nashville and Franklin, um, I think we need to stand apart a little bit on still being that um, rural community that has amenities that's not so jam up. Small, small town feel with big town amenities, but not right. all of them. Not you know, all of not them. Not all of them. And we've got room. I mean, I've even heard some whispers about some annexing, you know, or some deals between Hickman and Dixon County, kind of where they meet over there, because there's obviously on that side of the interstate deals. so much potential. So much. So much potential. And, and Hickman County land is cheap, and, you know, you've got 840 that runs right up there into Bon Aqua, so those people can jump on there, and they can get to Williamson County in no time. Yeah. You know I've, been, I mean? I've been looking that area hard for deals. It's awesome. Um, I think it's awesome. Uh, I would really like to buy some property on, what, how is it, 46? Yep. To put my shop. Okay. So I, I'm looking right now to buy property to put my shop on. Okay. Um, but like you said, 840 right there, hop on there, go to Williamson County. Yep. Uh, Thompson Station, Arrington Vineyard, College Grove, or come right up to 40. Go to West Nashville, Nashville yep. East Nashville. Or even hit 100 and go through Fairview and into yeah, Bellevue. Yeah. You know what Whatever. I mean? There's... I think that's a good hub. I think in the next two years, you're really going to see growth out that way. I do too. Um, I mean, they've <clears> already <throat> built some pretty big neighborhoods like off a of Jump Off Road and a couple other places over there in kind of the Bon Aqua. Yeah, we've done quite a few in, in off the Spencer Mill yep. Road area. Um, you know, being being in the landscape and the building industry, you know, on that side, the building side, I'm always looking for deals. Um, on the landscape side, I'm always seeing the deals after they've happened mm-hmm. on the landscape side, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that area right there is really good. I think what scares people is 
there's a lot of rough stuff in that area. Mm-hmm. You know, there's double wides. And well, pretty much wides. all of Hickman County is a one zone. It's yeah. agriculture. So right. there's so no rules <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, literally. You can have a million dollar house right next to a double wide trailer. You know what yeah. I mean? Or right next to a permanent camper. <laughs> yeah, or a yeah. cow farm. You know what I whatever. mean? Whatever. Uh, whatever matter. it may be. Or a commercial business. So, yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. And um, I, I, I just, I, I do truly appreciate um hustlers like you and the other people that I have on this podcast which is the main reason I started it was that uh in my line of work I deal with all different people of all different spectrums mainly on the commercial side and they all have cool stories and cool visions about where they're going personally and with their business as well as kind of what they would like to see come into Dixon and I think Dixon has a really, really unique um, entrepreneurial type of experience, especially when you get to know these people, yeah. you know, and, and, and how they started it and why they started it. Um, and, I'm, you know, it's obviously, you know, kind of similar stories throughout, you know, different cities as well, too. But Dixon, in my mind, you know, I told somebody the other day, um, I don't think I'm ever leaving. I say ever, you know, not anytime soon. There's just too, too much stuff that I've got my finger in, and and I would kind of like to see this baby continue to be birthed. Uh, you know what's yeah. happening? We're we're an hour south of Clarksville, hour north of Columbia, forty minutes west of Nashville, and the last set of lights before Jackson. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for a more perfect situation mm-hmm. than that. And uh, everything's coming west, so everything. North, east, and south of Nashville is slammed, you know, and and people want out, and the people that are coming in don't necessarily want to move back into another big city. So I mean, we're at a we're at a real sweet spot right now, and I keep saying it too is that there is new leadership coming into play too, and not that the old like I said the old guard's not bad, but uh, their vibe on. <clears throat> what's happening outside of Dixon may not be as connected as, as the younger crew that's, that's kind of coming through who's making things happen and um, really making some waves as far as uh, what goes on in Dixon and, and, and the main streets, obviously the heartbeat of any city whatsoever. Yeah. And it's coming up and they're doing some really, really, really good things um, with some big things planned. I mean, the same people that was at the auction, the same people that bought, Craig Morgan's building, what they're putting pump freeze in there. Oh, listen to this. So uh, they've got pump freeze and Ollie's is going in next to each other in the old Craig Morgan building. And they're going to put in, I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but like 16 or 20 different craft beer taps in the either pump freeze or Ollie's with a skate shop with an arcade system in there. So, I mean, what a great addition to downtown. I mean, there's going to be pinball games and whatever else in there, craft beer taps with a skateboard shop. I mean, and then they've got that event space upstairs over there, too. So, uh, and then, so those same people bought the old bank building, the old uh, First National Bank, which was the county clerk's office. And for me over here and kind of conversations of what they were going to do, it's going to be really good forward facing commercial space, maybe some mixed res type deal, but, um, they paid four fifty for that thing, four fifty five. 
Excuse me. No way. Four fifty. And the lot next door, the parking lot. Man, I'm, I might have bought that for that. Four fifty, but it's got a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, a whole lot of work. Um, and so there'll then, probably be another five hundred into it. Oh, easy, yeah. real easy. Um, especially if they're going to do some sort of commercial space. Especially if they're going to do some sort of restaurant over there, which you know, it's. I, I think downtown. Um, I, I love going downtown. I think that Dixon needs <clears throat> more events and things that happen cohesively to brighten all of downtown at once. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, I love going to these, like that thing that we went to on St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Obviously, a lot of stores were open, uh, brought a lot of people downtown. So, you know, like we talked about earlier, it's, you know, getting in front of people and staying in front of people, um, you know, whether whether it was to start some type of downtown form of here's the events that are going on this month downtown. Here's, you know, here's the specials that these businesses are running this month. Because, um, you know, that, that's that's one thing that I always look look at when somebody starts a new business. Like, you know, they're purchasing that and they're mm-hmm. putting in the craft beers. The Okay, that, that's all fine and dandy, but how can they attract customers to come there on a regular basis? Yep. What are they going to do? Um, and, and I think you're doing a great thing with the trivia night. I yep. mean, you stay active with it. Uh, you you know, I see you post on, you know, Tuesday, here's who's coming. Wednesday, get your shit together and get there. Thursday, here's the pictures of everybody doing everything. Mm-hmm. Friday, here's the pictures of the prizes that everybody got. Mm-hmm. It gets everybody, everybody's in. It a, it's a whole process. There's a story a to it. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a story to it. And it doesn't matter if you get two likes. You know, seventy five hundred people might have saw it, only yep. two people liked it. Yep. You know that that's kind of been. You know, that's one the th- craziest thing about social media, it, too, man. You can put so much about, work into it. You, you know? think about. I, mean, I don't even look at the. Uh, <laughs> I don't even look at the. Like when I post videos, I don't even look at like how many people watched it. I don't mm-hmm. even look at how many people liked it. I don't give a shit. It's. Yep. I know somebody there. saw it while they were scrolling. They saw my face. Mm-hmm. They saw my logo at the top. That's all I need. Mm-hmm. That's it. It, it's it subconscious matter. programming. I mean, it's Correct. exactly what it is. You may not consciously recognize what's going on, but if you need somebody to cut your grass, boom. Why? Why did that thought come to my I'm head? Why? Because yeah, up. because I because he's on my Instagram story or my Facebook yep. story every single day. Correct. I may not have liked it. I may not have commented. I may not have done a damn thing to it, but that's the first thought that comes to my head. Yeah, and and I think that for especially somebody starting a brick and mortar, that is scary as shit to mm-hmm. me. Because you got that rent, mm-hmm. you got to have people in there making that shit happen. Inventory control, everything. It, there's a lot of moving pieces in something like that versus you know the businesses that I'm involved in, and <clears throat> you know I, I think like we're talking about getting people to be seen whether you're coming there or not. Because when I go to eat at Lugos or if I go to to Katie's Ice Cream downtown, and I just saw earlier on my Facebook feed that they're having buy one get one free beer or you know, mm-hmm. something on craft beers tonight this craft beer is half off or i mean it doesn't even have to be a deal just hey there's a new craft beer we got mm-hmm. come try it out get a sample cup for free whatever you know i if if it wouldn't have been posted i would have known nothing about it yep. therefore i would have not have gone because i mean that that might not be interesting to me at the moment but if i'm already down that area i'm like what the hell man i might, might as well go over there i'm already here yep um, so I, I think, you know, like we talked about earlier, staying in front of people, staying on top of people, I think that is important for our businesses downtown 
to kind of help grow that. I feel like all those businesses downtown kind of thrive off of each other. Oh, absolutely. Because they're all they're all intertwined. I mean, you go to eat dinner here, and then you go to the, get some beers here afterwards, and you know you might have gone shopping before you went to eat dinner. You know that that's supposed to be that downtown feel. You go and park your car, you walk around for two to three hours, you shop, you eat, you have fun, and you enjoy. You have a day. Community. You know what I mean. You yeah. have you have an experience which is all that we have in life anyway, is just an infinite amount of experiences, and it's all in how do we look at them. And it's easier to look at the big picture than just a little granule picture of just here's this one business doing this one thing. Why don't we back up a little bit? And and, and I've had this trivia thing has gotten just out of control. It is, I, I'm, I've become overly obsessive about the questions, how it's run, the sponsors, how many people are there? Like I'm real hard on those numbers. I'm my biggest critic on anything, yeah. but um, but I have people. I mean, it's amazing. You go in there and there's uh, Ginger Hibachi, there's Xander's Pizza, there's House Blend, there's Back Alley Barbecue because you can bring your own food in there. And so, boom, trivia night ultimately supported at least one or two tables. Five or six different businesses downtown, you know, and and Xander's. When I go, I typically get there between six fifteen, six thirty. Um, if I don't have anything going on, I may get there at six and just kind of mingle around. But Xander's is slam packed at six, and then a lot of those people will come over and play trivia after. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's this it's this cohesive, co-creative environment that I really, really enjoy about kind of our our downtown area that they really do. Uh, support each other and kind of help each other do uh, successful things and support each other in their in their ventures and kind of how they want to expand. And I know Seth, though, I had him on the podcast, is doing an event, I think the 26th of June. Um, a big downtown event is apparently what it's supposed to be. So uh, I think that whole field is going to start to come to downtown as well, too. They start as far as shutting off the streets and having bands and allowing alcohol, kind of being able to be walked around, obviously, with some containment. Yeah. But um, I see it coming, and I think this summertime is going to bring some some really, really special things to downtown as far as people being there and, and present and spending their money and, and having a damn good time. So uh, it's heading in a really good direction, for sure. I've got... Uh... So I've got some kind of rapid fire questions. We'll finish this off. We're now an hour and forty five. Um, I'm gonna throw some questions at you, All right, shoot. and we'll finish it off and uh, get out of here. So let's see. Um, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would it be? That's a tough question. <laughs> <clears throat> right off the bat, um. I would say I'm a risk taker. Uh-huh. That'd be one word. Um, um, I've been called an asshole a lot in my life. Not um, bad. So that's another word. I, 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 that's I their think, opinion. Yeah, I don't think that's a um, a bad thing Mm-mm. a lot of the times. I give my opinion. I, I, t- I shoot the shit straight oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like somebody, I'm quick to... To draw on, I mean, I'm I'm an asshole. So <laughs> as my my wife says to me, and I think she got it from her dad. She says, "If you're gonna screw me, screw me to my face." Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> so I'm straight, straight on. It. Um, I 
I, I would say I'm kind-hearted yeah. uh, to follow my asshole. Uh, I, I've, um, you know, deep emotion for people and, um, you know, what they want to do with their lives. And I'm, <clears throat> you know, I really do want to help people. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of one of my biggest things of owning a company is like, I want to see my guys and people who are involved with me succeed just as much or more than I want myself to succeed. So I feel like as I go up, I, you know, I got a lasso behind me with a shit ton of people and mm-hmm. I'm just pulling them with me. Like that's Well, you've got to have, so this whole asshole empathy <clears throat> mix is absolutely necessary because the asshole is a somebody else's opinion and B, it's structure in your life. You can't, you, it's impossible to have uh, a vision and a goal that requires more people than just yourself and move forward without having structure. And some people call that structure an asshole. Yeah, because you know what you want, you know what you don't want. Contrast contrast creates clarity. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I mean that's just how it is. And like it or not, I'm going in my direction. I've got my vibe. You know, I've got my view on life, and I'm going to go that way. Uh, If you're along for the journey, fine. If you're not, you know, let's part ways. Correct. Uh, That's a good mix, though. Um, If uh, beer, whiskey, wine, or martini for your drink. Of whiskey, choice. Whiskey. whiskey. Beer, whiskey, beer, wine, or martini. Beer and, and whiskey together. I mean, just whatever. <laughs> I like to party. Shots and shotguns. Yeah. Shots and shotguns. Shots You've and seen shotguns, it. yeah. yeah. Uh, <sighs> if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, I'd probably say Matthew McConaughey. He's oh, he's uh, a choice, man. Yeah. He's, That's a good one. I feel like he's very, very wise. As, as many people as I look up to... Um, that are business savvy. Um, I, I, I'd rather have life advice than business advice. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I feel like life business advice is easier to figure out than really good mm-hmm. life advice. Then yeah, then how to deal with yeah bullshit and emotions and, and emotion and family and just <laughs> how to business and everything. Else. I mean, yeah. for me, it's like. I always am like, what am I doing with my life? Like, am I, what direction am I going? Am I on the right path? And I've been thinking this for years now. And that, that like I told you earlier in the podcast, it's like <clears throat> when I broke my neck, I was lost, lost, like really lost. I didn't know what I was doing. I was in a dark place, you know, and it, it was scary, you know, for me and for my family. I mean, it wasn't. I was like abusing drugs or anything like that, right. or anything like that. But mentally, like I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Like, I'm depressed. I don't. Nothing is fulfilling me anymore. Hmm. So, like, you know, if, you know, it took me time to get out of there. But if I could have sat down with somebody to help me on some guidance, like that would have been way more better advice than. Hey, here's what you need to do with your business. You need mm-hmm. to do this, 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 and this. Mm. So I, I think the the life advice comes before the business. I think life is first. Oh, absolutely. And business follows because obviously whatever direction you're going with with your life and your family should be in the the business should be in the same trajectory because if it's not, then one or the other is going to derail. You're either oh, going to yeah. derail your life with your family and and everybody are going to derail your business with 
what you're doing. Um, so they're, they're in the same direction. But for me, the life thing is more important and the business should turn direction to that. Yeah. Cause your mindset, you lose your business, you can start another one. You lose your family. That's a whole different yeah. ball game there. That's what I always tell my friends. It's just money. You can always make more. You always make more. They just print it when they feel like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Money's not. Yeah. No. It's a piece of paper. It's exactly. a it's a it's, federal it's bank Fugazi, note. It's Fugazi. It's, yeah, it's a federal Fairy bank dust. note. Like yeah. it's a it's not even real. It's 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 not backed by anything. You know what I mean? And you just gotta know how to manipulate kind of the market just in general. But you found a good wife. Got a kid about to have another and. If that shit ain't straight, you know, the business is going to be the same way. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with that. Um, what uh, What's the be- best piece of advice you've ever gotten? I don't know. What's the best piece of advice you give somebody else? Just do it. Do it. Literally. Just keep do it. moving forward. Keep moving forward. If you're in a rut, get out of the rut as quickly as you can and get into something else. <clears throat> I, I think that, you know, people get too bogged down in the day to day and don't think about the future. So having a future vision of where you yourself are going and where you what you want your life to be. And, and just fucking make it happen. Action. Massive action. Massive action. Always have massive action. And don't be afraid to fail. Like, <clears throat> that's one of the number one reasons, you know, besides attention and just being ADD with what I do is that, like you, when you said at the beginning of this whole thing was you want to eventually get to a point to where you're teaching other people how to do what you're doing yeah that's the ultimate goal it's service to others over service to self kind of mentality and if you don't have that mentality you're not going anywhere um because we're a a co-creative environment and i think that this whole we can't do everything alone like you were saying you needed somebody there in that point of um you know in that valley in your life to not necessarily get you out, but to 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 be there with you, to 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 help you with those questions. And I think that there's a lot of people out there like that. And again, that it's where this podcast comes from. Like I want people to be able to. I've said it over and over: is that public speaking is the number one fear, even over death. You know, I mean, it's people would rather die and not have to deal with potential embarrassment than get on a microphone or get in front of people and, and say something. And that's something I've always been comfortable with. You know, I've been DJing since I was 15. Uh, so I'm obviously very comfortable with the mic and, and entertaining people and whatever it may be. But I want to, what is it? A rising tide brings up all the ships kind of thing. Like yeah. that's that mentality, help everybody get what they want and you'll eventually get everything that you want kind of deal. And, um, Action is the only... I don't know what I'm doing. I've said it in several podcasts. I don't fucking know what I'm doing here. Neither do I, ever. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I just I'm, do it. I just do, you know, and, and Jordan Peterson says, um, you know, uh, aim at something even if you know it's not right, but you have... Not morally 
wrong, but you, you need a direction to aim at or else you're just shooting from the hip. Yeah, what's the what's the quote? A hundred hundred percent of the shots not taken. Wayne Gretzky, yeah, you yeah. miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Yeah, that's uh, it. Fail or not, man. I mean, that's just one message I want to get across to people is that you're you know the the embodiment of that as well too of just overcoming these these this chaos in our life. I mean, like I said, I've got this yin and yang bracelet. It's this order and chaos mixture and, and to walk that border and to know that at any point in time, order can emerge out of chaos and chaos can emerge out of order, but you just got to keep fucking going, man. You just, because if you sit, you sit with your thoughts and your thoughts can get way out of control. Sometimes you're just making shit up in your head. That's not even real. You know, what is it? 95% of the stuff that you worry about doesn't ever end up happening. You know, if not more than that. So I think it's, it's a it's a real big deal I mean both of us have been through I mean I've been through some real low points in my life too and it's just keep fucking moving man just find something that you like to do you know whatever makes you feel good and do it you know whether you make money or not I'm not making money off 80% of the stuff I do right now but I've got a lot of momentum going towards some really big shit right now. That's it. And it's going to catch at some point. Mm-hmm. At some point. So, cool. Uh, you want to plug your socials? How can people find you? Uh, you can find me at, <clears throat> let's see, Prestige Landscape Company on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram, which I don't post a whole lot, but I'm working on it. Prestige Landscape Co., uh, you can also find us at Paragon Homes on Facebook. We do not have an Instagram. Sweet. Um, then you can call me anytime you want at 615-305-9696. I'm available for all calls <laughs> and talks. At he may not time. answer during the middle of the day. But yeah, yeah. We will call you back in that last it. hour, yeah. <laughs> and in my voicemail, it says, if you expect a phone, return phone call, please leave a, a voicemail and I will call you back. So, uh hope this helped anybody out that that uh was listening and you know on the entrepreneurial journey uh would love to help anybody out that's on it like i said it's taken me a long time to get to this point and 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 we didn't talk about this much earlier but i I really haven't had any mentors Mm. like big mentors that have helped me um i've had i feel like my friends and my family have been one big mentor because each one has contributed a little bit here and there when they can. And nowadays I know who to go to for certain questions. Um, and, and I try not to go to them uh, for the answers that I know I'm going to get. I try to go to them for the answers that I know I don't want to get. Mm. The hard the hard answers. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's been a huge help in everything that I've done in my entire life. Um you know, he's my business partner with me on the building aspect. He's not an entrepreneur. He he is scared shitless to spend his own money, but I pushed him out of his comfort zone um, into this real estate thing that we do now. Um, but he's been kind of a level head for me since I'm so rambunctious and just sure. uh, I see something I want to do and I'm balls deep in it. So, you know... But, you know, if, if anybody is listening to this podcast has any, any, needs any help with any kind of entrepreneurial stuff, I'd, I'd love to help out. So that's what I love right there. Just give back. You know what I mean? You, again, you give somebody else something that they want, you're going to get everything that you want. And that's, 
the only way to live right there. I mean, what what are you doing if you're not doing something for somebody else? And uh, I, I, this was a great podcast. Like I said, I upgraded my equipment, and I think I can now take incoming calls. So that's going to take a whole new perspective on this. Yeah, I think yeah, it yeah. would be sweet to have like a little power hour of some like call-in entrepreneur type question stuff. Who yeah. knows where it could go, you know what I mean? I'm picking up all that stuff uh, probably tomorrow. I'm going to play with it over the weekend and uh, see where it goes. So for now, um, that is it. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I know it's a lot. I'll, 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 uh, we're right at two hours. So this is definitely the longest podcast that we've had. But um, definitely some really, really great clips in here that we'll throw out. And, uh, yeah, so just Your Vibes Podcast Facebook, Your Vibes Podcast Instagram. I do have a TikTok with a couple videos, yourvibespodcast.com. Uh, like, share, comment, subscribe on YouTube, uh, do all that good stuff. And uh, I guess until next time, guys, uh, thanks for listening and peace out.